I had this friend in high school named Dan, right? And Dan starts dating this girl in our group named Melissa. It's kind of a messy thing like most high school relationships. Controversial. Dominated all of our AIM conversations. But Dan and Melissa, man, there was like just something to them. They were built to last. They went to the same college, moved in with each other after they graduated. They were stable. Something you could trust. Seemed to be destined to be together forever. But something was off. You know, we'd see him at weddings with other friends in our group, and they never got married. Everyone always kind of wondered when it would happen. Assumed that they would be the next one that we would all see each other at. And then one day, we get the news, and it's a group chat, not AIM by this point, but the hot topic was all the same. Dan and Melissa broke up. Dan had waited too long. Melissa moved on. Dan was heartbroken. He knew it was his fault. So he goes on vacation, and we're following all of his posts on Instagram. Sunsets, beaches, pretty girls. Well, pretty much just one pretty girl that's in a bunch of the photos. Then we saw it. Dan got married to that pretty girl that he just met. He'd been with someone we thought he'd be together forever with. And when that didn't work out, he jumped headlong into marriage with who we later found out was his first Tinder date. And it's Dan that I'm thinking about yesterday when Nancy Pelosi pushes for impeachment on a story that broke after the last time I spoke to you on this PX3 Wednesday episode. We are going to break down the ins and outs of these allegations and how successful I think that the impeachment push is going to be. We're going to look at all the players involved in the risk rewards that they all face. But the one thing that we can all agree on is that the speed to this has been breakneck. Because we are not talking about the Mueller report. We're not talking about that at all. We are talking about a thing that just happened. Not the thing that we thought would be together forever, the Mueller report and the Democrats. This was the ammunition for impeachment, and now it's nowhere to be seen. Again, the Washington Post story about this whistleblower first broke on Thursday. I am recording this the following Wednesday. It speaks to the pent-up frustration that was left in the House and the situation that Pelosi found herself in when all of a sudden the people that she was saying she was protecting, red state Democrats, decided to write an op-ed piece in the Washington Post saying that they would consider impeachment. This ain't no disco. This is not an election. This is not a leadership change. This isn't any kind of landmark bill. This is impeachment. One of the most impactful things that the House can do to the executive branch. It has happened now four times in our nation's history and three in the last 50 years. As we have said over and over on this show, it's a political process. It requires the will of the people to be behind you and it is a gamble no matter what. To come up snake eyes can not only ruin your career, it can change the fortunes of parties. 
for decades afterward. And it all happened within a week. So, I'm sure you might be asking, whatever happened to Dan and his Tinder date bride? If you're new to the story, I guess there's really two ways you could think about it. Either this is a story about somebody who stayed in a relationship that probably wasn't for them. And then when the spark of true love actually greeted them, they jumped up and seized it. This was divine intervention. And Dan and the new girl live happily ever after. I guess that, 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 that's the more romantic version. Or you can be the cynic and say that this is an example of somebody who understood that they missed their chance and so decided that that would never be the case for them again and maybe grabbed a little too hastily and things broke up. I can take a wild guess how Nancy Pelosi would think about it. With her finger on the trigger of impeachment, I guess she can't help but think of herself as a romantic. Everybody and welcome to the Politics, Politics, Politics program. My name is Justin Robert Young. This is not going to be a normal episode of the show. If this is your first episode of the show, well, welcome. You're going to get a lot of the analysis, but we have a lot to get through because a lot has happened uh, between the last time that we spoke. Last time that we spoke, we were talking about the, the, the Democratic primary. We were talking about the fall of Kamala Harris, the rise of Joe Biden, the rise of Elizabeth Warren, whether or not Bernie Sanders was the giving tree. We're going to talk about all those people today, but it's not going to be the main thing because I'm assuming that there are some people, devoted listeners to PX3, people who consider themselves informed citizens that include this program as part of their balanced media diet that have no idea why we are trying to impeach the president right now. Which speaks to a lot, but let's go ahead and do a real quick refresher course. After we finished recording on Wednesday, there was a story that appeared in the Washington Post on Thursday saying that there was a whistleblower report that made its way to the Director of National Intelligence. That is a office ahead or above all of the FBI, CIA, NSA, right? That said that Donald Trump used undue influence in a call with a foreign leader that immediately respun itself into Donald Trump called for help from a foreign country for the 2020 election. Now, initially, I was like, well, all right, this is just a thing that'll linger and either it'll be a thing or it won't. And either the transcript will read dirty or the whistleblower will be credible. But we got a lot of steps between here and then. So I kind of barely covered it. Even on the the, the, the Patreon episodes, like we, we mostly talk about Bill de Blasio. And then 
It went from zero to 60. Yesterday, Nancy Pelosi calls for impeachment. Now, what happened between here and then? Well, we got a few more reports about the report. We have still not seen the whistleblower report. That was determined by the Director of National Intelligence that basically, and this is again, we're, we're all going from a Washington Post report about a report we haven't seen. That the whistleblower did not directly hear the phone calls that they were in reference to. And so because the whistleblower was outside of their scope, and did not have firsthand access to the evidence that the whistleblower complaint was not credible. But at that point, the horse was out of the barn. So, and this is, again, it's one of those things that's like wild to me in terms of the, 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 the time dilation of our media era now, that within a week of this story breaking, Donald Trump and the White House have released the transcript. I can't remember things going this fast when I was a kid. Or or it looking like, I mean, again, in, in between, within a week, the first report of this on Thursday, Wednesday, the White House releases the transcript. And in between there, there was such a stonewalling of Congress that impeachment was called for. We are just in turbo mode now. So then we start to hear a little bit more. We start to hear that, okay, well, this is also possibly tied to the fact that the military aid to the Ukraine was held up. It did not go to the Ukraine at the time that it was supposed to. Now, the money eventually made it to the Ukraine, but it was a couple months afterwards. So was this a situation where Donald Trump demanded that the Ukraine investigate Joe Biden and his son Hunter and their role in a Ukrainian holding company called Burisma, which was involved in the natural gas trade and was investigated by a Ukrainian prosecutor? Is that what this is all about? Did Donald Trump withhold the money? And then did Ukraine agree to investigate Joe Biden? Understanding that Joe Biden is of dual purposes here. He is not only the past vice president of the United States. He is also a current candidate for president. So. That's where we're at. That story brews for a few days and even over the weekend. And then on Tuesday, Nancy Pelosi calls for impeachment. What precipitated that is that the Washington Post ran an op-ed from a few Democrats that were in red states. This is the reason why Nancy Pelosi is hold off, held off on, on impeachment through the Mueller report. Is that they have to make sure that they are uh, looking out for these red state Dems. But now the red state Dems are out here saying we would impeach if this is what Donald Trump did. And so this is what happens yesterday. House of Representatives moving forward with an official impeachment inquiry. The president must be held accountable 
No one is above the law. So today, Trump releases the transcript of his call with Zelensky, wherein he says the phrase, I need a favor. It is not about the Bidens. That is about CrowdStrike, another issue. Uh, Zelensky brings up Giuliani, and then Trump says, I'll put you in touch with Giuliani. I'll put you in touch with the attorney general. Please look into whatever happened with the Bidens and the prosecutor. This is viewed by the Trump administration as proof positive that there was no quid pro quo. They never hold. They never held the. Uh, uh, they never held the money over the Ukrainians. And it's looked at by, I mean, most people on CNN today and the Democrats as an absolute smoking gun. Proof that everything that was in that whistleblower report was true. If that feels like a massive information dump, congratulations, it absolutely is. I, I mean, guys, I, I, I really don't even know uh, how, to, how to wrap my head around this. Uh, so, so here's what I did. I wrote down everybody I could think of that would be involved in this process. And I did my own risks and rewards for all of them. So because this is a move by Pelosi, I'm going to start with Pelosi. And then I'm going to get to Trump and and everybody else. But here we go. Risks and rewards for Nancy Pelosi. Number one, no Speaker of the House has mounted an impeachment push for a first-term president in the modern era. The reward is that she becomes the sleigh queen of all time and the final reckoning for Donald Trump and all of his lawless policies that the resistance has clamored about. She will forever live in liberal lore as the one who did it. What are the risks? Well, I mean, quite frankly, it's a lot. Nancy Pelosi can become Newt Gingrich. Remember, Newt Gingrich was big brain time for a while in the 90s. And then all of a sudden, everything came crashing down when he impeached but couldn't remove Bill Clinton. Not only that, but this is a push, and and this is coming in live now. I'm watching these live updates that Nancy Pelosi has said internally that she wants the impeachment articles to specifically be narrowed around Ukraine. So not the Mueller report. This is not about the Mueller report. This is only about what we are seeing right now. The problem is, is that you that, that everything that we're talking about involves the front runner in the current primary to unseat the president. So if this fails, or if this brings more uh, visibility to elements of Joe Biden's life than he wants, then she could be the one that not only gives Donald Trump a boost in popularity if he survives this, but also damages the frontrunner, perhaps irreparably. And by the way, this is whether or not impeachment actually goes forward. Like, just standing up there and giving that speech on television means that no matter what, What happens from here on will be judged by the scale of history. And the scale of history is Nixon is a win, Clinton is a loss. 
and no one remembers Andrew Johnson. So let's talk about Trump. The risk is that this freewheeling style of his, the thing that put him in the White House, finally bit him in the ass. He tried to do it his way. He tried to step on everybody's toes. He tried to only cultivate as far as people wanted to be loyal to him. He didn't know how to play the game, and now he will pay the price for it. He knew that there was certain decorum that he had to adhere to. He had always refused to do it, and now he will pay with his presidency. It's a betrayal to his base and a fatal Self-wounding. Here's the reward. If this fails to either impeach or impeach and remove him, then the world that he tweets about will be closer to what the reality is for many voters. Like, honestly, most people that are going to eventually vote don't really care about the plight of the rich and famous, even if you're the president, specifically if you're the president. So Trump can say, oh, it's unfair that this CNN person is being mean to me, or it's unfair that the Washington Post editorial uh, division is mean to me, or it's unfair that these reporters are only publishing uh, nasty rumors and not any of the good things that I'm doing. Nobody really cares. I mean, the right wing cares, but the right wing hates the media anyway, right? Impeachment, impeachment is something that everybody understands. Whether or not you care about politics, whether or not you are dialed into dumb shows like this, you know what impeachment is, you know it is rare, and you know that it must be serious. So if America comes to look at this transcript, if America comes to look at this scandal, and either... They don't find it particularly damning or, and this is again, this you need a win. You can't have a tie. If they find it confusing as to exactly why it's wrong, then everything that Trump has built up to now that he's persecuted, and this is a witch hunt, becomes more real for an average voter than it ever has before. Now let's get into the election. This process, however long it goes, it could end tomorrow, doesn't matter. Nancy Pelosi got up on stage and made a statement about impeachment. Donald Trump now has cover for the China deal not happening and the economy softening. It is now less, he has a scapegoat for why both those things happened. He can say, Well, everything was going great. I actually had a lot of deals on the table. And then next thing you know, I can't negotiate with foreign leaders because my own Congress decided to throw a scurrilous impeachment case against me. Narratively, this gives him an out he didn't have before. All right, so let's go ahead and get to Biden. Biden. This is very risky for Biden. 
This is intensely risky for Biden. This is not the campaign that Biden wanted to run. He does not like talking about his family. He does not like talking about unflattering elements of the Obama administration. These are the top two things that he deflects from no matter what. And by the way, I don't know if you've listened to the man lately, but he has a hard time talking about the things that he does like talking about. This is intensely risky. This puts his son, Hunter, who, let me just say politically, no matter what you think about Trump or what you think about uh, the, the, the Ukrainian stuff, Hunter Biden is a liability to the Biden campaign. Hunter Biden has had personal problems. Hunter Biden has made gossip, splashy news stories within the last year, up to and including the fact that he abandoned his wife and kids so he could shack up with his dead brother's widow. And then the Biden family closed ranks between that couple, leaving the mother of Hunter Biden's kids and the kids out in the cold, according to rumors. And again, whether or not that's true, these are the things that get talked about. These are the things that get discussed. Do you think that that adds to Joe Biden's electability? Do you think that that makes him more electable than before we started talking about that? No, I don't think he thinks that. I don't think that. And I don't think you think that. This is an intensely risky process that puts Joe Biden's weaknesses in the center ring of an international circus. There is little thought in my mind that if Joe Biden had a choice to have this be the reason why Donald Trump would get impeached and not, he would say, we'll beat him in November. I do not think there is much good news about this process for Biden. If I were forced to think of a reward, here's what I would say. It does make this a one-on-one between Trump and Biden. Biden now effectively begins the general election. This is a, a situation where he is going to be the first person that people go to for comment on every twist and turn of this process. And he can own that. That can be a thing that is good for him, theoretically. But it'll come at the cost of him having to talk about things that he doesn't like to talk about. And also defending clips like this, which if we're going to impeach a president because they were uh, interfering with uh, uh, the Ukraine and involving foreign aid, this is Joe Biden at the Council of Foreign Relations remembering the time that he affected Ukrainian policy by way of foreign aid. I mean, I'll, I'll give you one concrete example. I, I, I was, not I, I, but it just happened to be that was the assignment I got. I, I, I got all the good ones. Uh, and uh, so I got Ukraine. And uh, um, I remember going over convincing our team, our <coughs> others, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, right, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev. And, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said, call him." 
<laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was. And then there's this little chestnut. And this is the closest thing we're going to get to a poll dance today. But two polls released nationally since this Ukrainian story broke, which has always been tied to Biden. Biden has always been at the center of it. Economist YouGov poll has Biden at 26, Warren at 27, Quinnipiac poll has Biden at 25, Warren at 27. This is the first time that we have seen in two different polls that Biden is not only in the mid-20s, but Warren is ahead of him. And again, this happened after the news broke. Politics! All right, all right. I'm going to break up my little news slog here to remind everybody that Free Political Newsletter at freepoliticalnewsletter.com is the best way to start your day. Five stories, mostly gifts, sometimes hot takes. Uh, It is, uh, uh, man, I've been really, really, really happy. You guys have been telling me how you've been forwarding the emails to your friends. Become a part of the Follow family. Let somebody else know that you think might enjoy this kind of commentary that it d- indeed does exist. I also want to thank everybody who's joined on to the $3 club at takepoliticsseriously.com. We saw a big jump yesterday, obviously, on the news. We'll be doing more and more uh, uh, to make sure that you guys are always on top of literally everything that is breaking. But, hell, if you need any reason to, remember that we wouldn't even we didn't even cover this story last Wednesday because it happened on Thursday. And and now it's impeachment. That's takepoliticsseriously.com. Politics. So let's go ahead and talk about Bernie and Warren, huh? What do they have to risk? What do they have to gain from all this? Well, here's the risk. They risk that they either get left behind in this race because all of the focus will not be on them or they have to now make a choice to either attack Joe Biden and therefore undercut the impeachment push or just wait for nature to take its course. But of course, the natural selection of all this is exactly the possible reward for them. They could have an opportunity to do absolutely nothing. Just let this entire messy, sordid process play out, having the spoils of neoliberalism laid out plain for the Democratic votership and the front runner completely evaporate Thanos style without them moving a muscle. Not a bad position to be in if you're Bernie or Warren. Because at the end of the day, if Joe Biden is supposed to be so safe, if Joe Biden is supposed to be so electable, then why is he getting dragged down in a scandal that also involves President Trump? But that means there's got to be some bad news for the 2020 Dems, right? And so if you're not Biden and you're not Warren and you're not Bernie, I got some bad news for you. Here's the risk. For everybody not named those three. There is no oxygen 
or press coverage for anybody to rise above their station. If this drags into the primaries, it's a wrap. And I mean, it's a wrap for everybody. Harris, Buttigieg, Yang, anybody below them, obviously. Beto, it's done. You know, take a look at it like this. Pete Buttigieg made a decision this week to basically do the John McCain straight talk express. This means that he just let reporters in on his bus. He wasn't separated from them. He didn't get like specific media time. It was just him hanging out with reporters and everything is on the record. You want to know what happened? A lot of good little articles, articles that made Buttigieg seem more human. He, he had a, a, an interesting quote about college football because he's the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, where Notre Dame resides. And he said, you know, I, I have some problems with college football not paying the players, but I focus on and respect college football the same way that a Middle Eastern country focuses on fossil fuels. I know which side of the bread my bread is buttered. That's, that's good. That, that's the little kind of like tendrils and tidbits that you need to build a cult of personality. He had interesting co- uh, quotes about neoliberalism, whether or not Joe Biden was a neoliberal. Like these are, if, if what you need is oxygen, if what you need is sunshine, if what you need is water to help a little campaign grow, those are the kinds of things that give them to you. And I'm here to tell you that it's, Done as of yesterday. Whether or not there still are reporters on that bus, they're not going to get the same play. They're not going to get the same play. There's an active impeachment investigation. And by the way, it looks like there indeed will be. Nancy Pelosi saying in front of my face right now that this is being pushed to happen this fall. That means that The October debate overshadowed. The November debate overshadowed. The December debate possibly overshadowed. That means that if this continues to go forward, and again, I think the Senate acquitted Bill Clinton when articles of impeachment were voted on in the House in December, the Senate voted to uh, uh, exonerate in uh, February of the next year. You want to know what happens in February of the next year? In 2020, Iowa. So whatever gains you had up till now, I hope that you're ready to nest them for the winter, anybody under the three front runners. Because if impeachment goes forward, it's over. Hey, how about Robert Mueller? Imagine a man who took a wrong turn on the way to hell and ended up in heaven. Imagine a man who was doomed to another year having to answer the exact same questions about a report that he'd already released. Imagine a man who now gets to sit on a beach with a Don't Hassle Me, I'm Local t-shirt just watching the waves come in. Friends, Robert Mueller is free! <laughs> if you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. I don't think that there is anyone happier. 
Anyone at all. Even people who are like hardcore impeachment absolutely needs to happen and they're dead set on thinking that it's going to happen. Or Trump people that think that this is the overreach that finally tips the scales against the Democrats. Nobody, my friends, is happier than Robert Mueller. Because, and this is especially because Pelosi is here saying this is only going to be about impeachment. This is only going to be about the Ukraine. That means Robert Mueller's watch has ended. It's done. It's over. There's no more. It has ceased to be. He is no longer a figure in national politics. The years we spent talking about him, figuring out exactly what was going to be in that report, parsing what he meant, did he mean for the Senate to impeach? Any criticism that could have been levied on him. Because this is why I thought that the Democrats were going to use the Mueller report. Because at the very least, they could blame Robert Mueller. And also, every element that they didn't have in an obstruction of justice push, they could say, look, they actively obstructed that investigation by not answering the following questions. And they're not answering the questions now. It built on the narrative. But here's Robert Mueller's narrative. Another Corona, please. Maybe I'll smoke pot for the first time. That's what I imagine Robert Mueller's thinking. I got one more risk reward here. And that is for somebody that we don't know. The whistleblower. The person for whom begun this entire process isn't it wild that we don't even know who this person is we have no idea who they are we have no idea what they've done in the past we have no idea about them here's the risk the risk is becoming a michael cohen or a comey Somebody that becomes very, very important, the center of the political universe, and then is just kind of tossed aside. The reward is almost certainly he'll get a Time Magazine cover and a book deal out of it. So, you know, that ain't nothing. Politics! All right, let's go ahead and get into but your emails. You can always email the show, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Again, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Zach writes, it's weird to read that transcript. I guess I should have uh, expected sucking up, but this part made me smile. Quote, and this is from President Zelensky of the Ukraine. After that, it might be a good idea for you to travel to Ukraine. We can either take my plane and go to Ukraine or we can take your plane, which is probably better than mine. End quote. So, I mean... I, I understand why some people are reading into that transcript and they're like, uh, oh my God, this is the smoking gun. Trump published his own death warrant. I don't know if I see it personally. Zelensky is the first person to bring up Giuliani. There's no mention of money. To, to make it into a smoking gun, you have to read it with a very specific uh, idea around it. I think that that's fine. If you look at that transcript as the thing that buries Trump, that's okay. But I do think you need support around it. It is not, I don't think you can bring that to the American public and they're like, yep, gotta go. That being said, 
Let me give a big shout out to President Zelensky, who, in, in just a twist of fate, Trump's at the UN. So is Zelensky. They had a meeting in front of cameras, at which point Zelensky says, look, I wasn't pressured, blah, blah, blah. But, and this is what I found the funniest, Zelensky's like, hey, by the way, you should really come to Ukraine. Obama said he was going to, never did. Are you going to come to, you should say right now, can you, do, do I have your word as we're here in front of a internationally important media availability that you will come to Ukraine, huh? Now that is shooting your shot. Zelensky shoots his shot. Middle-aged Mike writes, Hey, I'm weighing in on this impeachment thing. It's been bothering me for a time regarding the attitude of elected officials, i.e. the Senate and Congress, about their oaths of office. I'm sure that you know that I'm a retired Army veteran of 25 years, and every time that I enlisted from first to last, I had to take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States from all enemies, foreign and domestic. I'm fairly confident that our elected officials take similar oaths, and I wonder and question why they put political parties ahead of our foundation of governance that they swore to protect, regardless of the reporting of this issue via the media. This is a true fundamental question of our legislative branch. Will they listen to their constituents of their parties? Will they exercise their constitutional duties of checks and balances? One of the best things our founders did. It adhered to the spirit of the law. This is the biggest crisis our government and Republican that we've faced since the mid-19th century. And ideology is destroying us decade by decade. Love you, man. Middle-aged Mike. You know, what, what I've always found fascinating is that we are in such tag-you're-it kind of times that there is no respite. There's no moment of like, hey, can we just talk about this as people that really care about our democracy? I mean, you hear a lot about it, but it's always like, and the solution is the other guy. When I don't know if it ever really is, or at least the, there's, I don't know. We, we get into this hypocrisy argument, which I hate. I hate when it's like, oh, here's bad behavior. Oh, yeah, well, the other behavior was worse. Like, to be totally honest, I mean, if, if I'm going to reveal my true thoughts on this, the like, do I think that Donald Trump uh, uh, squeezed, that it's inappropriate for him to be talking about, you know, a... Uh, uh, the, the hobby horses of the right in a private call with the president of the Ukraine. You know, I'd prefer that there were better channels for that. I'd prefer that a lot of those things were more above board. But do I also think that it's kind of shady that Joe Biden and his son, his son was on this like Ukrainian natural gas board and that a prosecutor was fired and that Joe Biden was bragging about being the one who made it happen. You know, I, I I just I just would like it if there were more clarity on that. I know that literally every news story I read says that it's been totally debunked. I would like to read more about it. I haven't really kind of seen a lot of long reads that walk us through the history of uh, uh, corrupt Ukrainian politics. The one thing I do know about Ukrainian politics is that the Ukrainian people elected a goddamn sitcom actor which is the current president, Zelensky, because they were so sick of the corruption of the previous politicians. 
Muhammad writes in my request uh, to have some Bernie folks write in because I'm afraid he's becoming the giving tree. Uh, hello, jury. You asked why Bernie isn't doing better. I think it's because middle class white folks are scared of socialism and paying more in taxes. And Warren seems less radical than Bernie as she wants to work within capitalism to fix it. She's a modern day Franklin Roosevelt Two, Bernie already ran and lost. And some of the attention deficit folks, he's old and spent. He doesn't re-energize them as much as a newer face like Warren. Number three, the news media keeps covering this as Biden versus Warren. This is incorrect because the real real clear politics average for polls uh, puts Bernie and Warren within the margin of error. That's my two cents. I then followed up with him and says, uh, do you have any uh, thing that you think Bernie should do to mitigate those elements? And he wrote back and says he does need to attack Warren. There's a lot to attack her for for her voting uh, on the last gigantic military budget, her acceptance of big donor money in the general election, her weird house of cards type big Washington political game to score the working families party vote, blah, blah, blah. If he does that, maybe her entitled middle class, upper middle class white base can see her downsides. However, we'll never know unless Bernie stops playing Mr. Nice Guy. That's all I wanted. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't on, on, on crazy pills saying that Bernie was being uh, too nice to her. I, I think that, that that's definitely a thing. I would like to thank our producers who make this show happen. Andy, Paul, Mike. He just emailed in. And Brad. A reminder that you can always email the show, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Again, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Music has been provided by Valesco and Trap Killers. You can follow me at Justin R. Young everywhere. A reminder that my free political newsletter is found at freepoliticalnewsletter.com. And you can download archived episodes of this show at bonerwars.com. Till next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying... Some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more, man, they are talking about politics, but this is the only show that talks about all three. you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>